Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa dhuriyatihi wa ahli baytihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawm al-dini wa ba'd Babu istihbab al-ijtima'i ala al-qira'ah Wa an Sayyidina Abi Hurayrata radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama Majtama'a qawmun fi baytin min buyuti Allahi yatiluna kitab Allahi wa yatadarasunahu baynahum illa nazalat alayhimu s-sakinatu wa ghashiyatuhumu al-rahmatu wa haffatuhumu al-malaikatu wa haffatuhumu al-malaikatu wa dhakarahumu Allahu fi man indahu rawahu muslim So the chapter regarding the the recommendation of getting together uh, to recite the Qur'an and uh, this is a snippet of a longer hadith in Sahih Muslim narrated by Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu in which he says that no group of people has ever, ever gathered in a house from the houses uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, meaning the masajid uh, in order to recite the book of Allah ta'ala uh, and in order to yatadarasunahu uh, baynahum in order to teach it with one another. And uh, uh, the, the meaning of tadarus here is, is what? Is it, an easier or simpler way of saying, uh, conveying the meaning of teaching would be to say, that they teach it or they learn it. But tadarus, it means uh, 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 literally like, there's a group of people and they're t- studying and teaching from one another. That the bab of tafa'ul, right? You're, 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 in, uh, you're in Sheikh al-Hind or are you in a first year? Um, part-time Sheikh al-Hind. Right? Yeah. So you're, you're learning sarf now. Yeah. So this is one of the treasures of sarf, mashallah. Mm-hmm. You uh, lowered your nafs enough to learn Arabic from Ajami. So Allah Ta'ala will reward you by understanding something that the, the, many of those who claim themselves to be Arabs are not going to understand now. Which is what? Tadarus, right? The Tafa'ul Bab, we probably haven't gotten there yet, but you will soon if you haven't. Maybe you did. The Tafa'ul Bab, does anyone know what the khasiya of that is? You mean from the Sitta of God? No, there's more than Sitta. There's like 30-something. But at any rate, yeah. yeah. Orientalists, like they recognize like nine of them. Uh, um, and there's an individual by the name of Abu Toba who studied in Mauritania, and I don't necessarily endorse a lot of other things he says, uh, uh, but uh, well, he has a YouTube video that only a student of knowledge, student of knowledge will appreciate, mm-hmm. in which he gets upset that the mustashriqeen, the, the orientalists, the western students of, of, of Islamic uh, knowledge uh, that, that carry their colonial agenda, they say that there are nine different verb forms in Arabic, and he's like, there's actually 30-something. He mentioned it off the cuff in another video, and someone tried to correct him. And uh, he just made a separate video, like, showing all the different ones. And it's amazing. So at any rate, yes, there are nine common ones that are, that are used. Actually, even more than that. It's just really, honestly, just laziness on the part of Orientalists teaching, teaching Arabic. But uh, from amongst the nine that the Orientalists identify and, understand, you know, use, Tadarus Tafa'ul is one of them. And so every verb on the on the tafa'ala tafa'alu tafa'alan form, uh, the meaning of it has to do with mutuality. So in every uh, in every other verb form or most other verb forms, there is a fa'il, and there may if it's a, if it's a fi'l lazim, 
uh, and if uh, if there are more than one party that are transacting in the in the in the in the verb, then there's ta'addi, meaning that there's a fa'il and a maf'ul, right? So, you know, for example, fa'il lazim is what what they call a intransitive verb. So, like for example, he grows, right? Uh, you can mean it to say that he grows something else, but if you're just talking about him, you say he grows. So here there's a fa'il. There's a, 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 a the one doing the verb, and there's no object. So then the next the, the transitive meaning of it is like he grows corn, right? So there's the 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 fa'il, the agent of the verb, and then there's the maf'ul bihi, the direct object of the verb. In tafa'ul, there's no there's no uh, there's no uh, 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 subject and object. Rather, there's a whole group of people or a whole group of actors or fawail uh, uh, that are mutually doing something. So, for example, uh, right, khasamtuhu, I argued with him. I'm the one doing the argue, arguing, and he's the one, the object of my argument. Whereas takhasum, right, Allah Taala describes the 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 disputation of the people of fire as takhasumu ahlin nar, that they'll all just be cussing one another out. You won't be able to tell as a, a third party observer who's the one who's uh, who's the one doing the arguing and who's the one getting argued at. So this is the meaning of tafa'ala, right? So I say, right? So for example, jihad is jahada yujahidu. There's one person doing it and there's one person receiving it, right? Whereas if you use the verb tajahud, it would mean that everyone's just fighting with one another, right? Taqatul, right? It means everyone's just fighting, fighting with one another, battling it out with one another. It's not clear who the, who the one doing the killing is and who the one uh, being killed is, whereas everybody's just having it out with one another. So here, the, the verb the Prophet uses that there's not a house from the houses of Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, um, uh, um, in which the people gather and they recite the book of Allah Ta'ala and yatadarasunahu bainahum meaning they're teaching it to one another meaning what? it's like a whole like alive uh, it's a living ecosystem of teaching and learning uh, and the the picture it paints is not uh, uh, of people just, you know, students just passively taking things, but uh, students are themselves uh, like a madrasa, right? So I see you so many times I come into Dar, Dar Salaam and there's like 20 halakat going on and you're teaching math and someone is teaching fiqh and something is happening here, something's happening there. The students are themselves reciting, so it's not a quiet space and the, the, the students themselves are asking questions and there's argument back and forth, etc., etc. So that's the that's the, the the image that comes to the head just from the language that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uses. Now it's sad and it's uh, it, it's kind of like a bid'ah that's greater than other bid'ah that in the age that we live in, I can only say like Dar Salam is an example, whereas we should be able to just say the masjid. In fact, uh, 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 if any of you are familiar with Sheikh uh, Hashim, uh, uh, who mashallah he. Come close, get a, clear the pathway in case more people come, inshallah. The, uh, uh, um, the, the, uh, Sheikh Hashim, who accepted Islam in the 70s and then moved to, um, first to Makkah Mukarramah and then after that to uh, um, Pakistan. And he has, mashallah, several sons that, you know, were essentially raised there and they become muhaqqiq ulama. And many of them that he sent back, one of them is imam in like, uh, in a suburb of Boston, one of them is an imam in in, in Long Island, 
One of them is in, in, in L.A., in a suburb of L.A. Um, very learned people, very low-key people, mashallah. Their father, he said something to me. He said that it's difficult for me go, to go back to the Haramein Sharifin. Why? Because uh, it's painful to see how plastic it's all become. Meaning what? Of, of course, the, uh, the, the, the Nurania, the, the, the Anwar and the lights of that, that place, the spiritual light of that place, the Ruhaniya of that place is not something of this world. So it will be there even if the buildings and everything should perish one day. Allah Ta'ala protect them. Uh, however, the full life of it, he says, I remember when I went in the 70s, he says, there's there's durus uh, halaqat, things are going on, there's bayans going on, etc., etc. From even before that, the uh, uh, um, the the our from our mashaykh uh, Moana Hussein Ahmed Madani, I graduated from Jamia Madaniya. That was the name of the madrasa I graduated after, and it was named after him. Uh, so he taught the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu for sixteen years in the Masjid of the Prophet sallallahu in Ottoman times, in the, the the end of the Ottoman era. And so in those days, even though the masjid was considerably smaller than it is now. But uh, it was still pretty big, and uh, it had a big courtyard, uh, which, uh, you know, you'll see that. Like, now it's, like, part of, like, the core central part of the masjid, but there's, like, a, uh, there's certain abwab that are named after the, the Ottoman sultans. Um, so those are the gates of the courtyard. There wasn't necessarily, like, building on top of it, but those were the gates of the courtyard. He said that there wasn't um, any pillar or any considerable amount of space in the masjid of the Prophet where one of the top ulama uh, of the ummah wasn't teaching. So obviously they're not going to come for two weeks if they have to like, you know, travel by ship and things like that. So the ulama, while they were there, they would give a, a good part of the day to teaching as well. So the top ulama of all the lands, they would, they would uh, stand and they would teach uh, because they considered this to be an act of worship as well. And, uh, um, uh, and uh, the top students and the top ulama would attend one another's durus. And they would ask each other's questions and they would uh, teach and learn. And uh, if someone, for example, would happen, like an old woman comes and she has her like real simple question she wants to ask, she'll interrupt their, their very high technical discussion and be like, you know, is it haram to eat at McDonald's? And then, and then he'll be like, yeah. And she'll be like, well, Sheikh so-and-so said this and that and he quote this hadith. And he'll give her her like five minutes and, and you know, she'll take her answer and then they'll continue. And this is the way the masjid was. And amidst all of the, the almost chaos uh, of it, it's not chaos, it's life, you know. Amidst the life of the masjid like this, um, when it's time for the adhan, adhan is called, then the people would make their sufuf and they would pray and they would whatever, and then all of it would start up again afterward. Um, and this is what a masjid is supposed to be. Now what do we have? We have, we have mashallah, mas- masajid, everybody says, oh look, Chicago is so conservative, Chicago Sharif. Even in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, so many masajids, you'll see a little plaque on the, on the mimbar saying that the opinions of the khatib, you know, don't represent the, <laughs> the board of this masjid. So who cares what the board of the masjid's opinion is, you know? Why, why, why do you, you know, it's, it's, it, it's it just like a coral reef uh, 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 will acidify and it will kill the entire ecosystem that, 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 that lives inside of it. Unfortunately, our masajid, uh, illa masha'allah, have, have uh, basically become like that. So uh, 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 that's, uh, uh, that's, the, uh, uh, that's the, the idea of yatadara bainahum is that the masjid should be like that. People should sit, they should teach, they should learn. There should be some durus that happen in the masjid that somebody who's not like a, a, a necessarily like a professional student of knowledge, but somebody who considers the study of knowledge a lifetime pursuit that they should be able to uh, 
that they should be able to participate in. And this is what what this this scene is, you know, is a scene that was common in our civilization. Even the madrasa I studied, and it's essentially just a big masjid, uh, open space, and there's no separate classrooms. Rather, there are separate halaqat that are going on concurrently, and sometimes they'll join and we'll just have everybody together in one dars or bayan, and sometimes they'll separate out. But uh, uh, that's what's described by the Prophet ﷺ, at least just by the choice of words. Uh, that when that happens, then the angels, they also want to, uh, you know, they're also part of the ecosystem as well. So they will crowd out the, the, the people and uh, the, the attendees therein will be uh, drowned, literally, they'll be, they'll be enveloped in mercy and they will be uh, 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 crowded by the angels, uh, and the sacred presence of Allah Ta'ala will come down on them. And Allah Ta'ala, And uh, those that mala'ul a'la, that highest of, the highest of counsels, the, the, the angels that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala entrusts with the function of the, uh, of the universe, uh, not to say that he's not running the universe himself personally, but this is the instrument that he chooses. If he chooses, sometimes he uh, does things by through means, and if he chooses, sometimes he does things directly. Uh, and so this is the instrument of his choice that there are certain angels that he he uh, trusts with the discharge, the discharging of running the 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 heavens and the earth, so that everything uh, uh, everything f- flows according to his plan, and uh, uh, that is a, a a very high noble gathering. And it's not just angels, there are other creations of Allah Ta'ala that are only known in the ilm of Allah Ta'ala that sit in this gathering. And uh, they also, uh, 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 just like the Prophet ﷺ, they receive the, they received the command of Allah Ta'ala through wahi, through uh, uh, revelation. And uh, thereafter, uh, um, then through the, 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 the kind of the levels of angelic presence, that command will come down and uh, it will take form. Uh, uh, and it will it will be decided through them how they're going to implement the command of Allah Ta'ala and it will take form and then they will affect the, the, the world that we live in at the bottom of this uh, ladder uh, in, in different ways that is according to the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that in that highest of counsels Allah Ta'ala will then also uh, 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 mention in his wahi that this is something that's going on it's worthy of note even at that high level uh, and, and so uh, 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 there's a couple of things to remember. One is that two things are, are, are mentioned. One is tilawa and tadarus. Tilawa is what? The recitation of the Qur'an. That the recitation of the Qur'an will, will occur. Uh, and this is an ishara toward the, the, the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. Toward the acts of worship by which Allah Ta'ala's remembrance is implemented uh, that's what tilawa means so this uh, uh, you're all welcome to come forward or come closer inshallah as well instead of just crowding the doorway uh, uh, um, that the, the the recitation of the quran is the highest of orad it's the highest of the highest of adhkar that a person can do and uh, the tadarus is, uh, so this is the, the, the tilawa is a, a representative of the ibadah of Allah Ta'ala. 
And then Tadaros is a representative of ilm, of knowledge, of seeking and gaining knowledge. That this hadith is about both of those things. And so if the, the teaching and learning of knowledge is absent from our masajid as well, um, the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is also absent from our masajid. So if a person were to say like, we should have a gathering of the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala in the masjid, Unfortunately, people, the only thing that le- they have left from Allah's qadr for them is that they scream and shout that this is a bid'ah, it's an innovation. And this hadith obviously doesn't refer to the salat. It refers to people getting together to do what? To do two things, recite the Qur'an and teach it. Have you ever seen a masjid in which people get together to recite the Qur'an? And the thing is, these things all take modalities. So for example, people may say like, oh well, reciting in unison out loud is bid'ah. Okay, khalas, if that's your opinion, that's the opinion of a great number of mashayikh. Let them recite out loud separately. Okay, reciting out loud separately is also a bid'ah. Khalas, let them recite out loud, uh, uh, recite quietly separately. Just let them get together to recite. No, that's never going to happen though. Because the issue is this, is that and this is one of the signs of the people of bid'ah. One of the traits of the people of bid'ah is that they run away from the worship of Allah Ta'ala like a person who's running away from death. Uh, and so this is, this is the issue. I get the fact, fuqaha have different opinion, opinions about different things. You know? Uh, so that's fine. You can stick to your opinion. But sometimes the opinion is just there to run away from the, from the, from the ibadah. And this is, this is what I see. So for example, if there's a question between 20 and 8, automatically 8 is the correct opinion. You know, like I, through my clairvoyance, I can predict everyone's going to accept 8. Why? Because there's less ibadah in it. If you're going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, if it's halal or haram, just khalas, make it halal. Unless it's something that's burdensome, in which case make it haram. Uh, why? Because people want to run away from something. So when you see like there's patterns, system-wide patterns, every individual issue you cannot necessarily point out that, you know, uh, uh, that this is right and wrong. Uh, uh, because people, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pull a yellow card of difference of opinion. That's fine. But like, you know, at some point or another, you have to ask yourself, uh, um, you know, if there's a pattern here, are we being honest with ourselves or not? Uh, because Dean is not something that like, uh, like a multiple choice, like a menu I give everybody and you choose a, a salad and an um, appetizer and a main course and a dessert and, you know, a side dish and a drink, whatever suits you and you go home. Rather, Dean is taken through tarbiyah. Uh, there, there should be, you should naturally, you know, prefer to have the beef steak rather than the like whatever pork ribs. <laughs> There's tarbiyah that comes with it. Just because the choice is there doesn't mean that you, you know, you should choose it. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's what that's, uh, uh, that's what that's all about. So, uh, um, so, uh, 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 you know, these, the, 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 we talked about first the tadaros, the teaching and learning. And then after that, we talk about what? We talk about the the zikr, that there's no halaqat or, or, or gatherings of zikr, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Even something as unobjectionable as the recitation of the Qur'an, people find a way to object to it. And, uh, um, you know, if if a person says the way you guys do it is wrong, the way that so-and-so does it is wrong, the way that XYZ group does it is wrong, that's fine. Show us the right way to do it and just do it. But instead, uh, literally the message is empty of these things. And if someone even brings it up, it's going to cause a fuss. And for political reasons, people will say that, uh, that, uh, that no, we're just going to not deal with this right now. And this is why the Mu'ana Tamim, he, and I don't know who here was at Dar Salaam's event, Mu'ana Tamim spoke at it. You know, he named his own message the Masjid al-Huda, right? Because when I think of Masjid al-Huda, it reminds me of Schomburg. So I'm like, why would someone want to name their... You know, because Schomburg, you know, but why? It's not, he didn't name it after Schomburg. What did he name it after? He named it after, uh, um, 
That's not a slight at the Masjid of Schomburg, but just Schomburg itself. So whoever lives in Schomburg, you can. Hey, come on, man. Yeah. What are you going to do, you know? So uh, 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 he named it Masjid al-Huda. Why? Because of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that there will be masajid near the end of, of time. Amiratun kharibatun min al-Huda. They may even be, be filled with people, but they will be completely desolate from guidance. Meaning what? All those things that should be happening in the masjid, they're not all, not, they're not all happening. Uh, some of the masajid, I've even seen them leave the salat. There's a masajid, uh, there's a masjid, I should say, in, uh, 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 in a place I used to live. Literally, when they have events, what they'll do, they'll pray Maghrib and Isha in the time of Maghrib, just so that the event doesn't get, event doesn't get steamrolled. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, this, this type of thing is what's, what's the point. I really, and even I think, to be honest with you, I think they themselves stopped doing that after a while. People are like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. So alhamdulillah, mashallah. But, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is the, 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 the situation that we live in, the hal that we live in. Uh, so uh, this is the life of a master that if any of you guys, mashallah, whatever makes the desi dream of becoming a big shot doctor or some, you know, whatever, and you make a masjid, make sure that, you know, that these things, you don't compromise on them. It's okay if the masjid doesn't have a chandelier, no one's going to die. <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, without these things, then it's like you put in all the time, effort and the money and the actual benefit that you wanted to get out of it. You're, you're cheating yourself out of that. Uh, um, again, this is a, a part of it, a longer hadith of uh, Sahih Muslim. Babu Fadl wudu It's a chapter regarding the virtues of wudu, the virtues of wudu. And wudu is... Uh, uh, a very, uh, a very uh, uh, non glamorous part of uh, part of the practice of deen for whatever reason and uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala uh, you know uh, knows best what the reason is uh, except for perhaps people are perhaps people are sit up straight please perhaps people are uh, uh, you know they think that it's something that they learn when they're children or whatever and so they don't give it any due importance sit up straight and so the, uh, uh, you know, the Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he made a, a chapter in this book with regards to what? With regards to the spiritual path of the Prophet ﷺ to remind the ummah about what? About the spiritual virtues of wudu. So he begins, as is his, uh, as is his habit, with the uh, Qur'an itself, the text of the Qur'an. He says, Qala ta'ala, qala Allah ta'ala, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين وإن كنتم جنوب فاطهروا وإن كنتم مرضى على سفر أو جاء أو جاء أحد منكم من الغائط أو لامستم النساء فلم تجدوا ماء فتيمموا صعيدا طيبا فامسحوا بوجوهكم وأيديكم وأيديكم منهما يريد الله ليجعل عليكم من حرج ولكن يريد ليطهركم 
وَلْيُتِمَّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah Ta'ala says in his book, O you who believe, when you uh, uh, stand for the prayer, wash your faces and your hands uh, uh, all the way to the elbows. So the word yad in Arabic, it can mean like your hand, like we say in English, or it can mean your, uh, what's f- your entire arm. Both of them, it means that. So Allah Ta'ala then makes takhsis. He says, wash your yad, your, your, your arm until what? From the fingers to the, to the tip of the elbow. Um, and then wipe your heads and wash your feet uh, until the ankles. Uh, 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 and if you, are, uh, if you are in the state of major ritual impurity, meaning uh, 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 a woman after her period or postnatal bleeding, uh, or a man or woman after relations, uh, 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 or those things that follow the same hukum of, of, of the list, what, what things were listed. فَاتَّهَرُوا يَعْنِي فَاغْتَصِلُوا Then may ghusl or, or take your tahara. And if you're sick or you are traveling, uh, the subtext being traveling and not able to find water, uh, 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 or... Uh, 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 you have to, uh, you have to defecate. Lghait uh, 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 here, ghot uh, 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 means to like lower down to the ground. People used to use the, so it's itself. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's not like literally defecate, but it's a metaphor for defecation that a person should squat and have to use the, use the bathroom. Ola mastumun nisaa, falam tajidu, or you, uh, uh, you touch uh, uh, women or vice versa. Uh, touch men. Obviously, this this expression there's there's difference of opinion widely between the imams. Uh, Imam Abu Hanifa here says la mastum mulamasa here means um, what? It means relations, the relations between husband and wife. And then on the other extreme, uh, Imam Shafi'i says no. Here lams just means to touch. Uh, so any touch between non mahram man and woman. Uh, um, that that will break the wudu, and like many different masail, the Maliki madhab is balanced between two extremes. Um, uh, it means that uh, that a, a, a man or a woman should touch one another, uh, either seeking uh, 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 or, or receiving this the the pleasure that that's there in the touch between uh, a husband and a wife, and uh, this is not only just a, a an attempt to make, uh, 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 you know, to reconcile between two arguing parties that, you know, cut the pie in half, you take half, you pick half and shut up. Mm-hmm. Rather, there's also a linguistic meaning here also because lams means to touch, but from the meanings of it is what? Does anyone know what the meaning of the, the word iltimas is? Which shares the same root as lams. Iltimas is a request, meaning to seek something, right? So the idea is that there should be some intentionality uh, in that, uh, in that, in that lumps, and so that's why he he says he he says it's not just like a person like walks by somebody and brushes them or whatever, rather uh, that a person seeks uh, uh, what a man and a woman seek from each other when they when they touch. Um, so in a, any of these cases, at any rate, that's the the hukum of breaking wudu through all of these things. If you're in any of these cases, because these are all diff- these different things that that uh, um, that break a person's wudu. Uh, um, and you're not able to find water, then make tayammum uh, with pure, uh, 
with with uh, uh, Sa'id Tayyib is uh, it means pure earth, or uh, Sa'ida means to ascend. So meaning whatever is on the surface of the of the earth, naturally on the surface of the earth. So it includes sand, it includes rocks, it includes uh, a clay, it includes dust. I told you to sit up straight. Don't sit against the wall. Hello. Don't sit against the wall. Come forward. In fact, come sit in front of me. You can grab your pen and paper, that's fine. So the idea is what is that any of those things face me, please. Face me, I said. So the uh, uh, the idea is what is that side is all of those things on the surface of the earth. So it can mean clay, rocks, sand, dirt, dust, um, uh, like salt, the dried salt from like a dried out salt marsh. Um, and it, it can even include snow as well. Um, uh, that you make tayammum. What does tayammum mean? Uh, it's an interesting word. Tayammum is also from the Bab of Tafa'ul, Tafa'ala Tafa'ulan. And the root is Yam. Yam, Ya, Mim, Mim is a word for ocean or sea. And the reason, or for water. And the reason for that is what is that Yam is the name of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi son who, who drowned. And so in all Semitic languages afterward, thereafter, the word yam, it means water. Or it means a great body of water. So tayammum is, right, tafa'ul is to do the meaning of fa'ala with takalluf. So tayammum means to try to, try, to try to act like there's water there. And there really isn't. And so what are you doing? You're trying to take the usage of water out of the earth. Um, which, is, which is exactly what tayammum is. Can you please stop playing with that? Uh, uh, is exactly what tayammum is. And so the way a person performs tayammum is that they touch the earth with their hands and uh, they wipe their face with, uh, with their hands thereafter, after dusting their hands off. And then they touch the earth a second time with their hands and then they wipe each, each of their arms. And so both of them are once. So anytime in the sharia there's washing, washing happens in sets of three. According to the sunnah, wiping is only one. So you only wipe your head once, you only wipe over hoofs once, and you only do the wipe of tayammum once, right? Masaha or mashun is the word for wiping, and it only happens once. Uh, 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 and then Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala doesn't wish to make difficulty for you. Rather, He wishes to purify you and to complete His favor on you, uh, and, and so that, that you may be thankful. And what's the point of us being thankful? Is wala in shakartum la azidannakum that if you're thankful, he'll give you even more from his blessings. Now, there's a couple of issues here. The first issue I wanted to bring attention to is why is it in the Quran the order of the wudu is different than the order that we generally make wudu? Why is it washing your face mentioned first rather than washing your hands, um, etc.? And the reason is that the 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 articles of wudu that are described in the Quran. These are the fara'id of wudu. These are the obligatory parts of wudu. So this is like the, 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 the bare minimum number of limbs you have to wash. So for example, wiping the ears isn't mentioned in it. Or you know, gargling the water in your mouth and in your nose, it's not mentioned here. Why? Because those are sunan of wudu. Those are not, those are not from the fara'id of wudu. 
uh, and so the, the, the order of the fara'id is what? The first farth part or limb of the wudu is your face. And then afterward, uh, uh, each of your arms uh, to the elbows. And then afterward, wiping the head. And then after that, washing the feet. And it's a great mercy of Allah Ta'ala that uh, you don't have to snort the water in your nose. And you're not obliged to gargle the water with your mouth. Because not everyone in the world has uh, ready access to water that you want to be putting in your mouth uh, all the time. Uh, and so uh, there's a great hikmah and there's great wisdom and there's great uh, mercy in, in, in those things. The second thing I wanted to point out is that uh, um, there are many people who think the point of wudu is cleanliness, like physical cleanliness. And although there is an element of that there, if you look at the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa his wudu, uh, Rasulullah alayhi wa made wudu from a mud of water, which is not a whole lot of water. It's definitely less than what we use. And it is the two cupped handfuls of the Prophet ﷺ, Mubarak cupped handfuls of Rasulullah It's not a lot of water. In fact, most of us use more than that. Even though this is a bid'ah, to use more than a mud of water is, is a reprehensible innovation. And it is a, 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 a manner of performing an act of worship that wasn't performed by the Messenger of Allah wasallam. And so the, uh, uh, the mud the mud of, uh, of water that's used for, for wudu, it should not be exceeded. If a person uses less than that, that's, that's less of an issue than using more than that. And so there, thereby a person can understand that by using a mud of water, you're not really going to like wipe things squeaky clean. Although there, again, it, it may, if the limbs are dirty, it may you know, remove some of that. But that, it indicates to you that that's not the point of the wudu. Um, and, and so if that's not the point... Someone said, well, you still you're cleaning something, right? Well, what about tayammum? Uh, what are you going to, by touching a rock, what are you going to clean? If you make tayammum from dirt, you may actually make the limb more dusty than it was from before. And the idea in all of this is what? Is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَكِنْ يُرِيدُ لِيُطَهِّرَكُمْ That He wishes to purify you. The purification that's being, uh, that's, that, that's, that's being uh, uh, pointed to is what? It's a spiritual purification before it's a physical purification. Because kafirs know how to wash things as well. Oftentimes they don't really... It looks like they do, but they don't. But theoretically it's not difficult for them to learn. It's not something that you need wahi at any rate for. Uh, 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 so we, we accept the fact that there is some pure physical purification in wudu and there's, that's fine, that's good. That's also part of deen. Uh, uh, to be to be physically clean, but the most important thing benefit that a person gets from the wudu is what is spiritual purification? Uh, meaning what the, the hadiths that will be read hereafter they indicate that the wudu is a a a, a type of uh, a vehicle for toba and it is a way of getting your sins forgiven and that's what the tahir that's referred to in the liyatahirakum waliyutimma ni'matuhu alaykum. And so that he may complete his favor upon you. Again, completion of favor through wudu, what does that mean? It means it's not physical cleanliness. There's something else going on here. Because that, that the data points don't fit that model. Uh, uh, and the last point I wanted to mention is here that Allah Ta'ala mentions that that مَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيَجْعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَرَجٍ That Allah Ta'ala doesn't want to burden you. Meaning the point of wudu is not to make you jump through stupid hoops for no reason. Rather, there's an actual benefit in it for you. Now, a person may look at the siyap and the order of the ayah and say, 
that here the 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 uh, the the burden that's being talked about is the burden of finding water when you don't have water. But the idea is what still the tayammum has a benefit in it, and uh, uh, a more proper uh, a more yambari reading of it is what that this refers to the sub the, what's being talked about in the entire ayah. That the point of wudu is not a, like a stupid hoop that you jump through in order to get to the salat. Rather, there's a great hikmah in it. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not an annoyance. Rather, in and of itself, in it liyutahirakum, waliyutima, niamatuhu alaykum, walaalakum tashkurun. All of these things are found in the wudu. And so, in that frame of reference, then we read these a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu and see how they explain uh, this 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 model of. Uh, how a person should approach or look at wudu. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول يقول إن أمتي يدعون يوم القيامة غرا محجلين من آثار الوضوء فمن استطاع أن يطيل غرته فليفعل متفق عليه. The Sayyidina Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates حديث بوث بخاري مسلم. That I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam say, and this is important also because Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu one of the one of the objections that that certain people have against his hadith, uh, uh, both from non-Muslims and from uh, heterodox and deviant groups that 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 claim Islam, is that he became Muslim very late uh, in the the nubu of the Prophet sallallahu How come he has all of these hadith? And the, the muhaddithin, they actually accept the fact that not everything that, that Abu, Abu Hurairah anhu may narrate, that he heard it personally from the Prophet But because this is part of the this is part of our tradition, that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum kulluhum adul, all of them are upright narrators. This doesn't mean that they're this doesn't mean that they're um, that they're infallible. They they commit sins, they make mistakes. But the thing that's 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 common between all of them is that they wouldn't lie about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You don't find in the seerah that somebody lied about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the people who were, you know, suspected of that were the munafiqin, uh, and there was an idea amongst them who those people were, and they're obviously not going to be the ones that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam makes du'a for or praises or etc. Uh, etc. Et uh, and so. Uh, uh, um, uh, the idea is this is that obviously the people who are alive at that time if we don't know about them we will have a good opinion of them however there are a number of people who are important like Abu Hurairah who in the transmission of deen and you'll see that there are different places where the Prophet will praise them and he's not going to do that for the munafiqeen rather he knew exactly who the munafiqeen were and he told this to Sayyidina Hudayfat ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu who was a sahib of Sirrin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to tell him secrets and because he, he would keep them. And so Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he once, 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 when he was Khalifa, he forced Hudayfa, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told you the list of the munafiqeen, uh, I implore you in the name of Allah, was I one of them? He wasn't asking about anybody else, he says, was I one of them? And he says that uh, I, I tell you in the name of Allah Ta'ala that you weren't and I tell you by the name of Allah Ta'ala if anyone ever asks me about, the, about this again I, I, won't, I won't divulge any information. So what he, Sayyidina Umar used to do radiallahu anhu is you'd see if a janazah is leaving. If Hudayfat ibn al-Yaman would get up and join the janazah he would join it and if he wouldn't he would also sit it out. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? Even though it's not 100% known the list wasn't published 
it was kind of people had an idea at the end of the day as well who, who those people were. And the Prophet definitely knew who they were and he wouldn't have given uh, 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 the time of day to those people uh, with regards to teaching the deen and learning the deen and he wouldn't have praised them. Even though Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, there are a number of narrations of the Prophet praise for him. And the, the senior Sahaba radiallahu anhu trusted him as well. And so Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, so if he's, recite, if he's narrating a hadith, who is he narrating from? He's also going to narrate from another Sahabi. So this is what they refer to in the uh, in the in the uh, uh, in the books of Hadith as al Mursal al Khafi. Mursal is when somebody narrates when a Tabi'i narrates from the Prophet meaning someone who met a Sahabi but never met the Prophet If someone like Al Hassan al Basri who never met the Prophet said Rasulullah said such and such thing. This is a Hadith called uh, this is this in the Hadith terminology they call this narration Mursal. Meaning the last link of the narration, it's like, you know, there's like someone sent to pass over, over, over the head of whoever should have been in the middle. Instead of it being like a, a baton in a race, it's like, a, like passing the ball like from across the field, right? وَالْمُرْسَلُوا فِيهِ الصَّحَابِيُّ سَقَطْ وَقُلِ الْغَرِيبُ مَا رَوَى رَوَى فَقَطْ MashaAllah, inshallah, when you guys get to learning, uh, learning the other ulum, you should memorize as well, that, that pays off later on. So, uh, uh, um, the uh, uh, Mursal Khafi is what? Is that hadith in which the last link between the narrator and the Prophet wasallam is missing, but it's not, it's not readily apparent. Khafi means like, uh, uh, Khafi means like hidden, right? So there are certain hadith of Sayyidina Abu Huraira which are Mursal Khafi. In fact, not just him, Many of the muhaddithin will narrate something from the Prophet that they didn't hear directly, but they were they but they narrated it from another sahabi, and so amongst them was, it wasn't there wasn't a need uh, to there wasn't a need to uh, uh, mention who you're narrating from because it's already known that the issue of fabrication is not there. If you're just a few Muslims and you're in Medina Munawwara and everybody's starving, then you know you 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 know, and it's a you know hadith in which there's no incentive to make something up. Um, then uh, uh, you know, then there's really no need for the entire Isnad system at that point. And the Isnad system, the need for it comes later on when there are incentives for fabrication. Um, uh, and this actually, you know, this brings us to an even bigger issue, which is what. Uh, oftentimes, a person goes to university and they hear the way that you know university professors talk about uh, talk about Islam. They'll make objections against the Prophet ﷺ and against the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that uh, you know that you know this is not really. We all know this is not really a revelation. It's something else. And the fact of the matter is, um, if you want to talk like just rationality. So, you know, to invoke a supernatural explanation for something is, uh, is, you know, is a weak explanation when you can choose a rational explanation. If you're saying that they made it up and you're claiming it's a rational explanation, tell me what did they benefit from any of this? A great number of the Sahaba who died broke and people died in Badr and Uhud, etc., etc. What benefit did they get out of it? The Prophet himself died broke. He literally died broke. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq died broke. Right, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu used to take his qaylula in the masjid like, uh, um, you know, uh, and the, 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 the pattern of the, the woven straw mat would imprint on his side. What did he get out of it? 
What did any of them get out of it? Yes, there is a group of people afterward that financially benefited. They had huge palaces and opulent, uh, 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 you know, shows of wealth and culture and things like that. Uh, and those people actually do end up fabricating a whole lot of stuff. Right? There's a whole bunch of genre of hadith that are fabricated in the in the virtue of Banu Umayyah and Banu Abbas. Why? Because they fought each other for, for control of government. But these things that are uh, narrated by people who are neither part of either party, nor did they financially benefit, this is not a rational argument to say, oh, obviously they made it up. It's not so obvious. Because if uh, someone is crazy or is a liar, um, world civilization doesn't come out of that. Those type of people are a dime a dozen. And that's like the type of the type of argument that like, you know, maybe Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare or maybe there's like a million monkeys on a million typewriters typing for a million years and one of them happened to write Macbeth or whatever. It doesn't work that way. That's real life doesn't work that way. So uh, 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 at any rate, so the Prophet he said that here he says, I heard the Prophet, I heard the messenger of Allah say, meaning that this hadith isn't Mursal Khafi. This he said, I heard it myself. I heard the messenger of Allah say, Indeed, my ummah will be called on the day of judgment, Ghurran Muhajjalin. Ghur means what? Ghur is the jama' of Agar. Agar means, uh, 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 it means white. And in horses, uh, it specifically means a horse that has a white spot on its, on its forehead. Greater than this. It's not, not like a, it's not like a speck, but bigger than the size of a dirham. A dirham is about as big as a quarter. Right, there's a white spot, a quarter size or a bigger, bigger than that. That's what ghur means is the plural of agar. Agar means being. It means either the color white or it means like a white, a white spot, a shining white spot. Muhajjalin, muhajjal tahjil means to wash something and scrub it until it shines. Something that's so well cleaned that it's it shines. Right, like a person, you know, your car is like nasty looking, and then you take it through the 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 drive-through on Eid or whatever. Right, that's what we do. We go to the car wash on Eid, mashallah. It's a lot of fun, even for me, and uh, uh, it makes the car look beautiful, it looks new, even though it's not new. Or you get the car detailed, and then you start to notice things about the car that weren't that were kind of they're dingy from before. The car looks like almost like a new car. Uh, um, so that's what muhajjal means, right? Like I guess in contemporary uh, uh, automotive parlance, muhajjal would mean like detailed, like real, like cl- sh- you know, cleaned until it shines. So that my my ummah will be called on the day of judgment, uh, 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 like radiant white until it shines. Um, and again, this is not like white people. But the <laughs> some of them will be white people, inshallah, inshallah, like mashallah, our friends. But this is not what it means, huh? Huh? You're Puerto Rican, but mashallah, you know, come on, mashallah. No one's gonna like confuse you from being from DR Congo, right? Uh, 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 so this is not this is not what it is. There will be there will be people from DR Congo that will be amongst this group as well. Uh, the 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 white here meaning what like the 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 shining of the of the the, the nur not necessarily the color of the skin uh otherwise the sahaba radiyallahu anhum majority of them were dark skinned people it's not uh, it's not just uh, sayyidina bilal radiyallahu anhum majority of them were dark sayyidina umar sayyidina ali radiyallahu anhum they were they were dark skinned people uh, uh, um, majority of them were dark skinned people like the people who are in Syria and Egypt now, they're not ethnically Arabs, most of them. 
and, and even those who are that have the tribal lineage, uh, still the, genetically it's admixed. Otherwise, the people in the Arabian Peninsula are, are, are there were people who are lighter skinned amongst them, uh, but they're they're on average darker skinned people. Wallahu uh, a'lam. Uh, 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 so the uh, uh, um, the uh, uh, that the, they will be ghurran uh, muhajjalin. Uh, illuminated and shining from what? From the effects of wudu. Obviously, you don't see that. You can be you can be as white as milk. Making wudu in this dunya doesn't make you shine. You're just the same color you were five minutes ago. Uh, but that means that there's a nur that that these things come with that's that spiritual in nature that will be sh- that will be seen. The effects of it will be apparent on that side. Uh, and so the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, or perhaps it's the ziyada of, of Abu Hurairah anhu, that whoever amongst you uh, uh, is able to extend the, 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 that, that, that whiteness or that brightness, uh, then let him do so. And it's hadith muttafaqun alayhi, it's narrated by both Bukhari and Muslim. And it's known that Abu Hurairah ta'ala anhu, he, uh, um, he used to make wudu until his knees and until his shoulders. Uh, and because of this hadith. And the rest of the Sahaba were like, no, uh, you know, we get it, but no, uh, because the Prophet never did it. So from a fiqhi point of view, it's a, it's a, a rejected, roundly rejected opinion, but it shows that what, that he's looking at it from a different angle. And not everything in, in the deen is legalistic. Okay, there's an intellectual side of things and there's a, there's a spiritual side of things all, as well. And all of them are deen. The hadith of Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, akhbirni anil islam, anil iman, wa anil ihsan. All of these things are part of deen. It's not just like, oh look, you're being a Sufi because you're talking about spiritual things now. No, all of them are part of deen. It's not like this is, you know, this is the actual deen of Allah Ta'ala. This is just we sit around and smoke weed and like peace and love and stuff like that. No, all of these things are part of deen. The same weed, just like the same weed is haram for, uh, for a Muslim, it's the same weed that's haram for a Sufi as well. Just like that, the spiritual side of things, you should think about them. So imagine that. From the legalistic side, a person may have their proofs for why they want to wipe over their socks. They may or they may not. It's not a fiqh dars, we're not going to get into it right now. But ala sabil al-fard, just hypothetically speaking, we can say that that, 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 that that discussion will pass it off to the fuqaha. The spiritual discussion, okay, is there benefit in washing your feet? That's not going to be there by wiping over your socks. Because who's going to, Yom Al-Qiyamah, your, your socks are going to come with like some sort of celestial tide with bleach level of shine. How does that benefit you? If it benefits anything, it benefits the socks. The socks, the Yom Al-Qiyamah, there's no, it's irrelevant. Socks are irrelevant on Yom Al-Qiyamah. So from a spiritual point of view, this is, this is an angle of looking at things. It's also part of the deen. It's not like some made up, you know, pie in the sky in July type of stuff. This is also part of the deen as well. And the Sahaba used to look at this. This is why, why is Abu Hurairah making wudu until his shoulders and until his knee? Why? Because this is also uh, uh, something that the Sahaba used to give consideration. In this particular issue, uh, uh, they decided against him. But the methodology of looking at the spirituality of a matter uh, 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 as a holistic way of, of looking at it, not just being legalistic with everything. This is a sound methodology and it's a methodology transmitted to us by our aslaf. وعنه صلى الله عليه وسلم قال سمعت خليلي يقول تبلغ الحلية من المؤمن حيث يبلغ الوضوء رواه مسلم 
that Sayyidina Abu Hurairah who said that my Khalil sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the hilya, the, the jewelry and the adornment of the people, uh, of the believer uh, 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 in Jannah will, I mean he doesn't expressly say in Jannah but it's the meaning of the hadith that the adornment of the believer in Jannah will reach all the way that the wudu reaches. Meaning it's, it's going to be like, you know, like a, a woman usually more frequently than not, where is she going to wear her jewelry? In her ears, in her hands, in her wrists, right? What's the point? I guess, you know, you could have a ring like, I don't know, somewhere that's covered by clothes. Okay? Uh, uh, but it's nobody's going to see it, so what's the point? And if you do, you only do it because the one person that's going to see, see that. Uh, uh, and if they are not going to see it either, then no one's going to do it just because nobody's going to see it, right? So where's the most of the joyous where it's going to be seen? I guess if you're like this or whatever, it's up in your nose and stuff too, <laughs> which I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how the nose ring does with allergies and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, thank God uh, 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 both the men and women should all equally thank God that I'm not a woman. Uh, <laughs> Not because of who being a woman is, but more because of who I am. Uh, at any rate, the uh, 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 the hilya is what it's that it's the the place of adornment and the place of beauty, right? Uh, you know, people I guess nowadays put rings in all kind of weird places, so that may be a bad analogy. Perhaps makeup is a better analogy. That you don't see someone, you know, you don't see a woman putting makeup on the back of her bicep usually. Why? Because no one's going to see it. Whereas what the fingernails, the toenails, right, the face, etc. That's where the adornment is. So that just like uh, the beauty and adornment is there uh, in a person, that the place that the wudu touches, it will be beautified and it will be adorned. Again, this is all countering the the other model of wudu, which is like psh, turn the faucet on maximum and just splash a bunch of water and try to get done with it as quickly as you can. Uh, that's not what's going on here. And so he uses the word for Rasulullah sallallahu meaning Khalili. The meaning of Khalil is Habib, the beloved person, right? Khalala uh, yukhalilu means what? It means for something to mix with another. And so I, I used to think that the word Khalil is the, like the person that you mix company with. That's actually not what the meaning is, right? What does the word like mukhalalat in Arabic, what does it mean? It's like pickles. Pickles, right? So are they pickles because they mix with each other? No, because just one of them will be a pickle itself. It's pickled because the brine mixes, it pervades the entire thing itself. So the, 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 the word Khalil is that person whose love has mixed with your heart such that your heart and that person's love are inseparable. That that person's love has mixed with every part of your body so that if you were to see that person's happiness, it makes your, your entire, starting from your heart, your entire being happy. And if you were to see that person in pain, it makes uh, uh, your entire being in pain because that person's uh, love has completely, uh, you know, mixed through you. So what does it mean that Allah Ta'ala calls Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasam Khalilullah? Right, this is a very high, uh, high honor, meaning that Allah Taala is holy. That in its complete completeness, loves Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. That Allah Taala, which is, I guess, theoretically, Allah Taala doesn't do anything in pieces and parts. You know, we don't do fractions with Allah Taala like the Nasara uh, try to do. But uh, the idea is that that it's an expression showing the 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 the, the completeness of Allah's love for him. So he said, I heard my Khalil sallallahu alayhi wa say that the, the, the ornamentation and beautification of the believer uh, will reach all the way where the wudu reaches. 
Inshallah will suffice with that today. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.